0: Hello, everyone. I'm Esther Pan-Sloan, Head of Partnerships, Policy, and Communications at the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Welcome to Season 3 of Capital Musings, UNCDF's podcast, where we focus on fresh ideas and new innovations that serve our mandate to make finance work for the poor in the world's least developed countries. You can find our Capital Musings podcast on Apple, Spotify, or our website, www.uncdf.org. The theme of Season 3 is The Road to Doha. We will be exploring issues relevant to the LDCs ahead of the 5th UN Conference on the Least Developed Countries in Doha, Qatar in 2022. Today, we are very glad to be speaking with Dingase Chiwa, CEO and founder of Kumbesa Foods in Malawi. Dingi, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Esther, for having me
0: please tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And what led you to start Combeso Foods?
1: My name is Dingy Chirwa. I am from Malawi, and Malawi is in Central and South Africa. I studied finance and accounting. And after I did finance and accounting, I went ahead to do my MBA at Esami in Tanzania. I'm 36 years old. I'm married and I have three daughters. So that's briefly about me.
0: And what kind of company is Combesa?
1: So Combesa Foods is a dairy processing business, which I started in late of 2017 to early 2018 is when I officially registered it. So I'm someone who's very passionate and very patriotic about my country. I've always been inspired and I've always wanted to do something of my own. So from a very young age, from as early as I can remember, I've always wanted to create things and to do something about my life. Between 2015 and 2018, I was really inspired by entrepreneurs and I really wanted to do something for my country. I was very tired of people saying there's nothing good that can come out of Malawi. There's nothing good that can come out of women. And I was just so determined. And so I spent quite a lot of time uh, researching, reading about entrepreneurs, going to entrepreneurship conferences, following people that have achieved stuff. So by the time that I started Combeza Foods, I I was mentally ready. And it was very easy to jump on the opportunity of doing dairy processing. As I said, Combeza is a dairy processing business. We make uh, yogurt in about seven different flavors. That's strawberry, pineapple, peach, vanilla, mixed berry, toffee, and chocolate. So to briefly talk about my business, Combeza didn't start as a dairy processing business, but it started as a baby food business. So I started by doing baby powder, which would then like a cereal porridge for babies because my daughter, my firstborn daughter was born in 2015. And when she got to six months, I went to the supermarkets and everything that was there was imported. So I thought to myself, surely there's something that I can make locally that kids, my daughter and other kids would also enjoy. I started doing a lot of research and eventually I stumbled upon a recipe online a local recipe for a cereal. I tried it and then I started giving samples to people to try and they started enjoying it. And when they enjoyed it, it gave me the motivation to go on and to produce more. Unfortunately, the raw material, the raw product became very expensive and that was around 2016. And so I decided that I would grow my own cassava which i'll then use for this cereal so in 2017 that's what i did i got some seeds and i planted this cassava in my mom's field i used my mom's field and then i was waiting for this cassava to get ready and during that period my dad then bought dairy cattle as a retirement package for himself so he bought these cows and it was like look i'm going to be selling milk i'm going to be selling this milk to this dairy and this dairy apparently produces cheese And yeah, that's my retirement package. I'm going to be fine. So it was all very well until my dad started running into problems. So the dairy processing plant where he was delivering his milk stopped working on weekends. Then they stopped working on public holidays and he had all this milk, which he would just give to people or it would go to waste and et cetera. So one day my mom came home and she was almost in tears and she was like, look, We've got all this milk, and you're calling yourself an entrepreneur. Why don't you make something out of it? And I said to her, "Mom, look, I don't like milk. First of all, what what could I possibly make?" She says, "Look, as people do a lot of things with milk, they make cheese, they make yogurt, they make all sorts of stuff. So if you can do a little bit more reading and a little bit of more experimenting, then you might come up with something." I didn't listen to her until like several weeks later. She came again, and. You know, she showed me the milk, and I was really touched because she was almost screaming at me. And so I decided that I was going to take a moment just to look online to see what I could do. So to cut the long story short, this day when I read about it, when I saw that it was possible to do other products, I decided that I was going to go back to my mom and tell her that I was going to start experimenting with all this milk which they were not using. And lucky enough, she borrowed me a pot, a stirring stick, and she gave me, we call it a So for energy, for heating the milk, she gave me something for heating the milk. And she said, there you go and start doing something with the business. So that's how I started experimenting with milk, registered the business, and here we are.
0: That's an amazing story. I love that your business is really a family business, that it started out making baby food for your baby and then developed into a dairy products business because your family had extra milk. That's fantastic. So in your research, what was the size of the market for dairy products in Malawi? It sounds like you were really a first mover in this space there.
1: So on a daily basis, then we're doing about 100,000 liters a day of milk. And when I read about it, it showed that people were not getting enough dairy products per capita. It was actually one of the lowest in the region. So like requirement is about like 40 or 50 kilograms of milk per annum. But we were like getting four kgs. So that was really interesting for me to see that people were not getting enough dairy products. And so I also went on the market just to see what was in the major supermarkets. And that's when I discovered that really it was about three or two major local companies, but the majority of the stuff was also imported because 100,000 liters of milk per day to 18 million people, it's just so little. So it became very interesting for me to also note that we're importing quite a lot of dairy products. And it also pushed me to really venture into this business because Again, there wasn't much competition except the two big companies. So again, to me, it was just a challenge that I thought, let me just try and see if I could actually penetrate. So it was just a trial, to be honest. I didn't think would be where we are now, but it was just something that I just thought, you know what, maybe we could actually, we do have a chance because we're importing a lot. There's not much variety on the market compared to what I've seen elsewhere, maybe we could be the game changer in the business. And how did you get involved with UNCDF? So UNCDF, I've known through UNDP. And UNDP, I knew because we got a grant from UNDP and the Norwegian embassy in 2018. So in 2018, we had just started our business and a friend of mine showed me this call for applications for this grant where UNDP was giving out $40,000. We had just registered. We didn't have any management accounts. It was just me, my husband and my niece and a few other people that were doing this business. And I went to this meeting where UNDP was present and they were like, look, we want to promote businesses. We want to help businesses. Anyone who has a business should apply. And again i thought there's no chance of us being successful because we're still in our very infancy and we don't have the right structures and stuff to get us the money but anyway i asked him a few questions and was convinced and i was told to apply and we applied and we were one of the successful businesses we went through trainings and then we got the money and undb continued to follow our story they were by the grace of god or oh, They just saw our efforts and our passion and they followed us and they said, look, we gave you money to use, to build a factory, to grow your business. What have you done? And we showed them what we had done. We accounted for every penny that we were given. They were very impressed and they asked us what next, what was next for our business? So we said, we're now going to look for more money to get equipment because we could now believe that we could grow to about 5,000 liters. They kept in touch. Once in a while, they would come. And I remember in 2019, someone from UNCDF actually came to visit. And it was the first time that I heard about UNCDF. And it was Abdul and he came in and we had a very good chat for four hours. And, you know, as with everything, you don't really think much will come out of it. And he told me about UNCDF. I asked him questions and he left. And I thought that was the end of it. So yes, I heard about UNCDF through UNDP and it was through Abdul who came down to visit us to see what we do. We gave him samples and I wrote to him in January of 2020. I said, we're now ready to grow this business. If you can help, would really appreciate that. So that's how I knew about UNCDF.
0: And that is Abdul Rahman Ladiju, who was a colleague on our least developed country's investment platform. He's since moved on to bigger and better things. But I remember when he talked about that trip to Malawi and how excited he was. So, what happened after you wrote to Abdul?
1: So, after I wrote to Abdul, he asked us to provide some documentation and some record keeping stuff that we were keeping. I sent that to him. And he wrote back after a few weeks and I said, look, we're very excited about your business and we really think we can help with financing, debt financing. Are you ready to access some kind of financing like this? And we were very excited, so excited actually, because it was the first time we heard that concessional loans exist on earth. For a startup, this is, it's almost like heaven sent because it's a loan that's cheaper than what's currently on the market. It's along with better terms, extremely better terms, actually, that is intended to help grow your business. So it was very exciting and actually unbelievable. I remember when I got the news, I called my husband, I called my mom, I called my dad. I was like, you can't believe what God has just done for us. Because we had been applying for loans at our commercial banks and they were asking for security. They were asking for higher interest rates. It's something that we couldn't afford at that particular time. And so when he wrote to me and he gave me just a sample of the terms and conditions, I was so excited. We were celebrating. And for once, we had hope. Something that I had dreamed about could potentially come true with this cash injection. So we kept on talking to each other Eventually we had to do a due diligence exercise, but because of coronavirus, obviously they couldn't come down. So it was all online. They talked to all our staff members and they gave us so much valuable advice. I remember it was Abdul, Rahman and Oman. After they had assessed everything, they really gave us so much advice and knowledge on how we could also improve our business. So cut the long story short, after we got the terms, after we understood everything, after we submitted everything, we are finally told that we were successful and that we were going to get the money. And again, that was so much celebration on our part because it's something that will now help our business and put us on the own map and really help us to fit into the market. And just that acceptance has really given me so much confidence that whatever you dream, whatever you want to achieve is actually possible. So something that may seem impossible, but as long as you pursue it somewhere, something great will unlock itself and you will be able to achieve what you want to achieve. So that's what UNCDF has been to us. It's been that angel that has taken our business from one step to another step of success.
0: That's so great to hear, Dingi. And so Oman, the uh, colleague that you're mentioning is Oman Ukpoma Ulaya, who's another one of our investment officers. She's actually based in Rwanda and she was working on your case. So it's so wonderful to hear your story because a lot of times here at the United Nations, people talk at a very high level about the need to invest at the local level or the need to attract private sector capital or how concessional finance can catalyze additional follow-on finance. But you're exactly living that experience—that your experience with the business and the grant from UNDP and the Norwegians that led to the concessional loan and technical assistance from UNCDF is actually illustrating this theory that we talk about, you know, here at the United Nations. But you're living proof that it works.
1: Yes, it it actually works, and it's so—it's amazing. You, you don't even understand what it's done for me personally and what it's done for. And what it's done for people who look up to us. Because, you know, even as we are, we were doing everything. So everything in our business was manual. So we literally had no machines. All we had was a factory to work in. So, like a building to work in, but with no equipment. So, everything else we had to rely on external support and not internal support. And that was compromising a lot of things. So, for instance, Once we create our product to get it tested, the turnaround time for the results was slow and we couldn't do much because we had to rely on external services. But now with this money, we'll have everything in-house. So we'll have the equipment, we'll we'll be able to carry on our research and development on site, Mm -hmm. we'll be able to test and experiment on site with what we want to do and we'll be able to quickly change and move and even scale up our production. It's something that is was only a dream to us. And because the concessional loans are so flexible, it doesn't put pressure on us. It doesn't say next month we start repaying back or the other month we start repaying back. We've been given six months and we only pay interest. We only start the capital repayments at the end of next year. So it's so doable. It's so... It's, it's, it's such an easier road now to achieve our goals. And it's something that businesses really struggle to get here in Malawi. Whenever you want to get a loan, first thing that people ask you is what security do you have? What collateral do you have? And can you start repaying back immediately? And then it's so expensive that even when you're not ready, you're expected to start repaying this loan which you've just gotten, which makes things very difficult. So it's such a relief. It's such a privilege to be living this dream and to be that example and to be that reality for people who only dream, you know, who are startups like what we are, who have a viable business but have no financing. And I know so many of them that really benefit from something like this.
0: And I wonder if you could tell us, Dinky, what was the difference? What were the banks going to charge you in terms of interest rate? And what was the interest rate on the loan that UNCDF gave you?
1: The banks would be a minimum of 22%. And we got a 15% loan. We got one year monotorium. I'm sure would we'll also get perhaps maybe six months monotorium here in Malawi if we're really lucky. And the UNCDF loan, there's no collateral except the managing director's agreement that will repay the loan, but here would have to produce some sort of collateral to the $200,000 which we got. So $200,000 is $160 million. So we're just young. We have our first house, which is not valued at $200,000. So banks are very reluctant to give you a loan of that amount against something that is of less value. And when we inquired if the equipment would be collateral itself they refused because they said dairy processing is a specialized business we don't know any other people that could want to buy your equipment so it makes it very difficult for them to get the equipment as collateral so those are the challenges that you get with entrepreneurs using the equipment that they buy as collateral equipment now is very expensive whether it be the bakery whether it be the butchery or any sort of processing. And most people don't have the collateral, just like we didn't have it. This loan was just heaven sent, to be honest.
0: That's wonderful to hear. And so essentially you're using the $200,000 that you got from UNCDF at this concessional rate with flexible terms for capital expenditure, right? You're investing in equipment, in production capacity, in really what you need to grow your business.
1: Yes, correct. That is very correct. That's what we're using the money for. So we're getting this equipment, which will allow us to produce at least 5,000 liters a day of dairy products. So we'll be making the yogurts, the drinking yogurt, the eating yogurt, we'll be making fresh cream, we'll be making butter, we'll be making fresh milk. And those are the products that we'll start making. And our yogurt will now be with real fruit, as opposed to having artificial flavors and colors. We want to go on the health route as opposed to the norm that happens here in Malawi.
0: So Dinky, what is your projection now that you have this loan? How has it changed your projections for when your business will be self-supporting?
1: We feel that in the next 24 months, we should have paid at least 75% of this loan. It will really improve our revenues. So we'll almost increase it by two and a half times. We'll employ more specialized skills now. So we're getting a plant manager, quality manager, a production manager. So in total, we'll move from having unskilled labor to having skilled labor because we'll have the right positions that people can now work and produce the actual results that we need. So we'll, we'll have at least 30 employees and we're moving from about 20 because we're doing manual labor. So We'll have more of salespeople, more of the technical people in the production side. So in terms of revenue, it's two and a half times what we're making. In terms of next year, we're projecting that we should be able to make anything between 800 to a $1 million in revenue.
0: That's very impressive for a new company. Yeah. And you mentioned, Dinky, earlier that there are some attitudes about women in Malawi that you ran into when you first started your business. What do you think were the particular challenges, if any, that you faced as a female entrepreneur?
1: It's always a touchy subject, the male-female issues in Malawi. Normally, it's a patriarch society, so people look up to males than the females normally. And as a female, as you're coming up, people usually don't believe that it's you who's doing the stuff. They expect that there's someone else behind you who owns the business. But quickly, because of who I am, I always come out quickly. So I'll always quickly let people know what we're doing. And also the issue of quality and the issue of persistence is what has also helped us to, as a business, to overcome some of the challenges that may be there. So when you're buying stuff, people expect a man or they'll look up to a man and a woman. But when you quickly put it out there that I'm the one who's doing this, I'm the owner, and you stick to your word, you pay on time, you, you, you stick to your word, you really give what you promise. People open up to you and they warm up to you and they also support you. Initially, my farmers, the local farmers, they're probably people who haven't done much schooling. They pay more respect to the male or they look up to more of on the males. But quickly, I was able to keep my word and keep my promises. And so they trusted that what we're doing is actually good and that it will actually be successful. So yes, challenges being female are there. And I experienced, especially with my farmers, where they're expecting a male to talk to them or they're expecting a male to own the business or a male to negotiate. I just went there and stood my ground and kept my promise and people followed me. That's that's great to hear. And how many farmers
0: do you have in your network now?
1: I have about 188 farmers and they're positioned in five different locations, but they're all in the southern region of Malawi. So they're about 20 or 30 Ks from Blanta.
0: Excellent. And as you expand, do you expect that you'll expand your network of farmers as well because you'll need more more milk?
1: Yes. So we'll definitely need more raw milk. And we're actually strategizing how we're going to get more farmers on board. It's very difficult when you are a startup business for more farmers to just jump on immediately. So they take the time, they look at your track record, they look at what you've achieved in other areas and what your plans are. So we'll have to open up in new areas where people don't know us and things take time for them to trust you. And especially being female, it takes even longer for people to trust that what you're going to do will actually work out. So we're hoping that we will expand our network of farmers. By the end of next year, we should get to at least 500 to to 700 farmers.
0: That's amazing. And then, of course, when those farmers are in your network, then the payments you're making to them support their whole extended families. And so you're having tremendous impact on the rural economy there. So, Dingy, this is so fascinating, and I'm so thrilled to hear about the success of your business, and it's very easy to see how you've been successful because you're so dynamic and committed. If there was one thing you could do to support more entrepreneurs like yourself in Malawi, what would it be?
1: I honestly think the first thing is financing. There's so many people with dreams. There's so many people with ideas. There's so many people that are doing things. Number one would be financing. Number two would just be me encouraging them and me achieving what I've set out to achieve. Sometimes just by people looking at what you've done and your journey and hearing your story, they get encouraged and they also feel that it's possible to do things. So by being me and talking to a few more entrepreneurs and by setting up the message that anything is possible, I feel... I would be doing justice. The third would be sharing resources. So when you know that you can knock on this door and get help and share it with someone, it's very important. And that's something that I'd also want to help other people. So let them know that they could get help. Let them know that all is not bad and that it's possible through organizations like UNCDF, UNDP, and whoever I end up meeting that can help. So those are the three things that I would do to help my fellow entrepreneurs.
0: Thank you, Dinky. We will certainly keep in touch and track your success. You'll probably be happy to know as well that we have just agreed with UNDP to create a special window for Malawi in a blended finance investment fund that UNCDF runs with Bamboo Capital Partners that will make wow. investments into small scale entrepreneurs in Malawi so you will see That's more funding great. coming into Malawi in the next few That's years
1: excellent.
0: thank you so much again dingi for coming onto our podcast and sharing your inspiring story with us
1: thank you so much esther and thank you and cdf for the help and for the support and i look forward to working with you guys on future programs Thank you.
0: And thank you to our audience for joining us on UNCDF's podcast, Capital Musings. Once again, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and our website, www.uncdf.org. If you found this episode useful, please spread the word on Twitter, hashtag Capital Musings, or leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews help new listeners discover our podcast. So if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review. Thanks, and until next time.